Tiger's got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Tournament predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour. This is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. All right, welcome back. Another episode of On the Green, WFUV's golf podcast. Excuse me. Andrew Galata back here. I'm Chris Hennessy and welcoming Mike Messina to the show for the first time. Mike, how's it going, man? It's going great. Happy to talk some golf with you guys. Um, I'm still hurting over over my Victor Hovland bet I had out there <laughs> on Twitter. Still, he 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 flaked on me in the, the last two holes, but we're trying to bounce back for this coming week. Yeah, that uh, that Bay Hill loss for Hovland was certainly an interesting one. And um, last week, none of us picked Cam Smith, uh, who awesome. ended up winning at plus thirty three hundred at thirteen under par um, in. Maybe the craziest week of golf I've ever watched in my entire life, Andrew. I mean, this was bizarre um, from Thursday until Monday when it finally finished. I mean, it would have been impossible to pick the winner based off like the information we know going into the tournament, just because it was Saturday, right? When the winds was just crazy. Yep. I mean, it was like 29 balls in the water on 17. Like that's just insane. I mean, to have that many balls, I mean, I will say it was comforting to watch and it was definitely fun to watch, but really tough conditions. And I mean, uh, you, you see guys like Morikawa hit into the water. You see Kepka hit into the water multiple times, I think. So, it, it, again, it was just a really tough day on Saturday. And then it was like, who can get through Saturday into the weekend? And when, uh, or Monday, I guess it was, when the greens were, everything was wet. So, obviously, everything was sticking. So, Cameron Smith was able to play some great golf. Had a beautiful shot on 17 on Monday to win it. Definitely a gutsy shot for him. And, I mean, it, it, I guess it is what it is for our picks. But uh, congrats to Cameron Smith for sure. Yeah, it, it makes me think. I'm like, wait, these guys can play to the level that I play at on every yeah. basis in golf. So like, I because I'm hitting into the water every single time I'm on the holes. So, but yeah, the the winds. I think they got up to like 60 miles an hour, which is outrageous. And on 17, like you mentioned, Andrew, I think Ke- I forget who was in Kepka's pairing, but all four of them hit it into the water. I yeah. think back to back to back to back, and it was just crazy to see because that's something I've never seen. I've never seen the wind get that strong during a golf tournament. But honestly. Looking back, I'm surprised this hasn't happened before. I was reading that this is the first time since like 2003 or 2005 that the Players' Championship didn't end on a Sunday, which is just crazy, especially where it is. It just the weather's always bad over there. So I'm not I'm surprised that 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 this hasn't happened before. Well, they do do it in March and February, this Florida swing to try and avoid this. And mm-hmm. they have avoided it for the most part for the rest of the Florida swing. And it's unfortunately for them the flagship event that gets absolutely crushed by this weather. Um, The rain, the wind was insane. Um, But yeah, as you mentioned, Andrew, it did soften up for Monday and we saw some scores out there on Monday Uh, and Lahiri, man, I thought this guy was going to win. This is number 322 (laughs) in the world. uh, And 
he stuck one on 17 as Cam Smith put the ball in the water, had went into the woods and then into the water on 18. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to win the freaking players' championship. But Cam Smith makes a heck of an up and down and looked like maybe we're going to have a playoff. It could have gone into Tuesday. There was – if if Lahiri had gone, finished birdie birdie and we went to Tuesday, this would have been, <laughs> been absolutely insane. Um and yeah, it, it was it was a crazy, crazy day. Uh, Justin Thomas gets uh, got some stick taps from the from the fellow players for not having a single bogey on Saturday, which was the day with the crazy wins. It was which crazy, insane. Kevin I'm surprised Kim- he didn't win, to be honest. After that, after that Saturday, because he was so good on Saturday, not having a bogey in that that weather, that he didn't you know play good the rest of the weekend. Really, well, just wait for this Sunday, Andrew. That that might come to fruition this coming weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. yeah, minus four right now going in. So that is very yeah. true. And you also have to, like he was part of the group that got screwed with the weather. Yeah. So to not have any bogeys, like yeah, he also didn't have that many birdies either. And by the time that the Camp Smith and Arnabarden Lahiri wave went out there, they were firing birdies and got all the way to twelve and thirteen under. Which, as you saw with Kiz, that group never really had a shot because. Kevin Kisner played his ass off this week and just could not get that many birdies. And he, he had a great Monday, but was behind the eight ball because he played on Thursday in pouring rain a little bit on Friday in the pouring rain on Saturday in 60 mile an hour winds and just couldn't make up the ground. And he said it too. It's like, you know what he, he did, it came off a little bit childish after one of the rounds, but I think it was like just like the heat of the moment where he said like the integrity of the tournament tournament was lost. But he did say that Saturday a ten handicap would have been still out there for hours and hours, just never <laughs> finishing because uh, it was ridiculously hard. So this was a British Open type situation. Now that that's definitely for sure. I mean, to watch the, I mean, there were a few balls that went in the that went in the water, and they literally had no shot. Like you knew straight off the tee, I was like, this one, this one's in the water. And it was like, I mean, it's crazy to see a professional golfer like have the ball swirl up in the wind and it goes like 30 feet from from hitting the green on seven. I mean, there were some crazy, crazy shots. I think was it Matt Wolf? He threw his club in the water, I think. Yeah, which I think was, so, yeah. Yeah, it's just like that just shows the frustration. That hits home right there. Yeah. Club <laughs> yeah. right into the lake. Yeah. It definitely <laughs> does. Is- Sometimes it just sometimes that's that's just your action after hitting back. You just have to awesome. Get it out. Definitely true. Uh yes, Matt Wolf with uh, an interesting reaction. Lots of guys missed the cut because they're in that situation. Callum Moore Callow was one of them who was in that that the wrong side of the draw ends up missing the cut because of it. And uh yeah, it was it was a very, very interesting weekend. And Cameron Smith wins the biggest purse in PGA tour history at 3.6 million dollars not too shabby well earned um, though after this weekend yeah. Wait, I, have, I have a question you guys might know this i don't know the answer to this how do how do they determine what tournaments get what amount of purse so basically that this tournament is the pga tours flagship event like they because the p just the majors are not pga tour events they're augusta usga whatever so they want to make this into the biggest deal they possibly can. So they allocate as many funds into this event as humanly possible, which includes the biggest person PGA tour history. 
and that it's always been the biggest purse on tour. Um, and some years it even passes some of the majors. I wouldn't be surprised if it's bigger than the PGA this year. So it's always going to be the biggest one because the PGA wants to make this the biggest deal and have as many people playing it as possible. And they get that every year. People take it very seriously and the players, uh, the players really show out for it. Did you guys catch Goldman on the TV that the, the, the animated trophy, the guy on the top of the trophy who came off and like recreated the shots on 17. Oh, you gotta, you gotta no, look at yeah. Goldman. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that. Absolutely Sounds... preposterous. Goldman, Goldman was a star of the show during some of the rain delays. They just had, you know, like the guy from the trophy who's swinging, they like yeah. brought him down and like animated him on 17, but the graphics were horrible. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a absolute 100% success for all the wrong reasons because it was hysterical. Every single time he came on the screen, it was great. Um, so yeah, Goldman was the star of the show for sure. Uh, we talked a little bit last week about, uh, the Saudi league and how it was kind of dying out when we were like, wow, this, the players aren't going to go over there. And, uh, it's, it's pretty much over. Uh, Greg Norman is now not going to go down without a fight. Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA tour took somewhat of a victory lap before the players championship. After we recorded last week, where we basically said like, he, he doubled down on everything he had said before and was like, we are the primary tour and nobody's coming in in the United States to to take us over. Um, and he was right uh, because <laughs> there's still no players playing, but Greg Norman has gone out and announced. <laughs> exactly. There's still no players for the Live Golf Saudi tour. But Greg Norman has gone out and announced eight events, including the team championship. No location for the team championship yet, but has uh, events going directly against the Canadian Open, John Deere, uh, and something else. Rocket I can't mortgage. remember. What is it? Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, kind of those like pre, pre-British Open summer events uh, has events going directly against those this summer and then some events into the fall that will also go against PGA tour events. We just don't know which one, which one's for sure. Uh, one of the courses uh, is in Massachusetts. Another one is uh, Trump Bedminster. And there's another one out in Chicago and then a bunch of international ones. Uh, the schedule really to me is the least important part. The important part is who is going to go and what will the PGA tour say after that? And we now have a date, Andrew, of when yeah. these guys, like when, are, like, when are we going to court? <laughs> That's basically like, Exactly. It's going to be so interesting. I mean, I wonder what, cause I'm assuming, I mean, considering they have these scheduled events, there's going to be a lot of money thrown at some players. I'm assuming. I mean, we know that for sure that there have been rumored huge, huge co- contracts, but with the amount of money they still have to schedule these events, I'm assuming it costs a lot to at least schedule them and to get investors on board because I'm assuming they're, they want to have them. So someone's going to play in it and we'll, we'll see who, I mean, I don't know. This is definitely going to maybe get dicey. Maybe not. Maybe that all these players are behind the PGA tour. They don't want to deal with it after the Phil Nichols and stuff. So again, it's, it's going to be a collision course some in some way, but we'll see kind of how it plays out. I feel like look, just looking at that tweet that Dan Rappaport sent, I feel like they have to have an idea that some players Someone, are participating yeah. because why are they going to waste the money on sponsors? Why are they going to waste money on, on really anything they have to do to get ready for a tournament if they know for a fact no players are going to be playing? So that's what kind of leans me to think that 
there are some players that are gonna that are gonna play and and back the Saudi league and kind of just go against the PGA. But I don't think it's gonna be any really big time players, any top 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 ten, top twenty five guys. Um, I think it's just gonna be a lower level tournament. But look, if there's if there's tournaments dates course scheduled, then I, that just believe makes me believe that there's gonna be players who are interested in taking all that money. Look, we saw what. Bryson DeChambeau was apparently offered and that's a lot of money to yeah. turn down for some of these for some of these guys who may not might not ever see that money if they stay where they are right now so that just leads me to believe that there's going to be some players who go over there and play but I can't imagine it's going to be a lot and I can't imagine they're going to be top 25 guys no definitely it's going to be the Jason Kokraks and Joel Damons and nothing against might be both the European tour maybe yeah. I don't know sure like Lahiri, like our honor barn Lahiri, like could be a guy who could like, you know, you don't know who's going to be over there. The interesting part of this to me was the, the competitors. So basically the, we, we've known from the beginning that this was a team centric event or team centric tour. It's going to be 12 teams of four golfers. So the maximum amount of players is 48. Now they said the maximum, they never said a minimum. So I guess they're just four guys show up. They're going to play four guys. I don't know. But they never said anything about the money changing. It's a $25 million purse, whether four people show up or 48 people show up. Hmm. So if I'm awesome, <laughs> right? So if I'm Joel Damon and I'm sitting there in mid-July, mid-June, and I'm like, wait a second, nobody's going over to live golf. It's in New Jersey. And if I'm the only guy who shows up, I get 25 million bucks. Like and I get and like okay, I'll see the PGA Tour. I have twenty five million dollars. Like they're making this so interesting. That's why it still lives. Is because money talks. Money Where's all the money coming from, though? That's like Saudi. That's the problem. there's a rich people like, in Saudi. How are people sponsoring <laughs> this event when when there's very clearly not many people want to do it? There's no sponsors. There's no corporate sponsors. Well, that makes it's sense. all it's yeah. all Saudi oil money and all horrible people who commit human rights violations that's why it's a problem we talked about this on the first episode if this was the canadian tour they'd have an event tomorrow but because it's the saudi tour it's this huge problem if it was the canadian tour also players wouldn't get banned they just go over there make a ton of money and come back uh greg norman has always wanted this to be a complimentary tour is, is his words to the to the pga tour um, and the person who's holding that up is Jay Monahan, who says, if you go and play for them, you yeah. are going to be suspended. So I, I don't know. I mean, we have a date now, Andrew, which is, it's, I mean, it's just got so much more fascinating. I mean, they could always cancel it, I guess, but I mean, who knows how much money they ha have? I mean, you don't know. I mean, that's a lot of money. If like a few, I mean, I don't know who would who would take that that hit. I mean, obviously you'd have to do with the PGA Tour, the backlash of just bad press. Twenty five million dollars obviously is a lot of money though for maybe someone that would not get anything close to that. Especially in the PGA Tour, it's not like you're guaranteed anything. Oh. I mean, but you see guys like uh, you know this weekend with um, the players three point six million uh was was the highest and obviously 20 million so obviously you're still making money but it's uh it, it comes out to be obviously a lot i i just don't see it happening i really don't see the saudi ha ha happening but i think if someone with cleaner money with people that didn't have you know such a bad uh you know record off 
off the course, off of, you know, with human rights and that type of stuff. I think that players would definitely leave. And that's something that the PGA tour, I think still has to look at. Yeah. I want to ask you guys, since this is obviously my first episode on the podcast, um, what are your guys thoughts on that? Do you think that the players should be allowed to go participate in, in these events while still being in the PGA or are you like on the side of the PGA where you're, you're affiliated with us, you're suspended if you go over there, do you guys like that or. I think it's a, a slippery slope. Yeah. Um, and I, I do believe, you know, what I said earlier, which is if this wasn't Saudi, if this was some other country that this wouldn't be a problem and we'd be having I mean, a lot of fun with this. Look at the ride, the Ryder cup. I mean, think if it was something like that where you have the teams playing each other and it's kind of like, obviously it'd be a little different, obviously four subs, but still, I think that's cool. It's fun for golf to give that team atmosphere. Obviously you don't usually see that. You really only see it in the Ryder cup. So, you know, I, I would definitely, I mean, and like for the PGA tour, is that in their contracts? I'm assuming it's not that they only can play on the PGA tour. No, because they be, play on the European tour. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't think they can do much. I mean, I would be, I mean, yeah, it would be definitely an interesting court case. I mean, it would definitely happen. I mean, it is a collision course though, I feel. And who knows if there's the amount of money thrown at some guys. I mean, I don't know, but it's definitely a cool concept though. It's something that like, if you had like team, like merch and stuff for like certain golfers, I mean, it'd be pretty cool. I'd say, I mean, I don't know if it would lose its luster after a bit, but it definitely, I think for a concept be cool. And then you still have the tour and it's kind of like maybe a smaller, uh, like, what was it? like eight events they have, if they had like that many, I don't think it would be a bad idea. Just considering who's backing and that stuff. I think that obviously takes it down. Yep. Definitely agree. And it's going to be so fascinating this summer to see how this all plays out. We'll, we'll head back to the PGA tour this week, the Valspar championship at Innisbrook, the Copperhead course going on as we speak, JT just birdied and he is now tied. Minus six for the day through 10. Yeah. Which yeah. it stinks. We, we should have started with this because I had JT as the guy who's going to come out. I think he was tied fourth coming into today or tied fifth. One of those two. And I had him winning, yeah. but now he's playing. Now he's playing awesome for minus six for today. So I'm now, now my, my future bet for Justin Thomas doesn't look as, as great as it did about an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as you got it in before, uh, before you don't have to wait till you say it to bet it. So, well, I didn't <laughs> bet it. I'm me, me betting it is me saying it right now. Okay. <laughs> Well, he is playing very well. He's at 11 under par, tied for first with Scott Stallings. They've been ripping this place up, um, just soft conditions and uh, come in a little bit of an easier course. And they are absolutely ripping this place up. Sam Burns, the defending champion, is in third. And Troy Merritt and Martin Keimer and Webb Simpson all tied for fourth, rounding out the top five. You know, obviously a little bit of a lesser field uh, because of last week's uh, Players' Championship. But still a fun event. Uh, yeah, I, as you said, I, I think that Justin Thomas is kind of the way to go here if you're going to pick somebody just because he is the best player in this top 10 uh, right now. And I think that he has, you know, I think he is – he kind of like has this mentality where I feel like if he doesn't win like within a month or two months, which I don't think he's won yet this, this season, he'll just like – absolutely go on a ridiculous heater in some tournaments. He's like too good. Angry. His swing's too good. His swing's too good. I, mean, I know. He's, it's so – I mean, watching him play golf is like I – mean, it's, it's almost like too easy for him at times, which is yeah. like to see someone dominate like that. I and mean, he doesn't hit the ball the furthest. But, I mean, for him, his, his ability to be so accurate – I mean, it's like, it's like a video game sometimes for him, the way he can get it so close. Yeah, agreed. Uh, when I was um, – 
when I was at the Northern Trust in 2019 at Liberty, Liberty National, yeah. I happened to be standing behind a tee box that JT was on. And like, he's not a big guy to your point. Oh. Like he's, he's taller than I am, but not much taller than I am. Probably five eleven, six foot and 190 pounds soaking wet. And he swung out of his shoes. It was unbelievable how hard this guy swung. And I was like, what the hell? Like, you know, he sw- you could see it in his feet on television, but seeing it in person was absolutely absurd. And yeah, I, I definitely see him winning this week. I, I, other guys who I, I don't know. I don't know this course quite as well, um, but you know, we talked about Kevin Kisner playing so well last week. He's playing well again today, three under through 10. That's a guy who, if it's soft out there, he is such a great putter that I think that, you know, when, when the approach shots don't matter as much when the drives, especially because he don't matter as much, he's the one who kind of comes up and, and performs because he, uh, he puts the ball so well. So that would be another guy who's sitting about the top 20 right now uh, who I would say I like this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, do like, I, I do like Justin Thomas to win, but someone I'm also looking is Tommy Fleetwood right now. Uh, he, he's minus, what is he, minus three or minus four? He's minus three. Minus through three through six. six. Yeah, oh, oh, through six. Okay, minus, yeah, another, six. minus three through six. Minus seven for the tournament right now, and the leader's mm-hmm. only minus 11. But I think Tommy Fleetwood's going to be able to come back, bounce back from his day yesterday, which was a great day yesterday, so not really bouncing back, but going to keep that momentum going through the weekend. He's tied for fourth right now with like six or six, seven other players, but I think he's going to be able to come top two, top three, and even maybe win this tournament with his putting and with his really, really good chipping ability he has. No, I definitely agree with you guys. I could definitely, I, I, I think it's going to be JT. I think he wins this, but I think Fleetwood's a guy, I mean, when he gets hot, you know, he's one of those, well, those guys, when he gets hot, he's just one of those, you know, just so dominant. I mean, looking at guys, maybe that didn't tee off Doc Redman. I was watching him. I think he was in the JT group. So, he has good. So he was swinging the club good last week. So we'll see this week. He was minus five yesterday. He's going to uh, be teeing off, I think, 210. So, you know, he obviously has some time, but minus five yesterday. And I thought he swung the clubs well uh, last week at the players. Well, I mean, if, if you're going to sit there and take Redmond, I feel like you have to have Kepka in that conversation as well. Minus four yesterday yeah. and he i think he tees off at like two o'clock something like 125 but look kepka's a kepka's guy who can come in and just birdie exactly. birdie birdie par birdie he, he can do whatever he wants out there for the most part and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him coming in top five in this tournament bouncing back i think he's tied for tied 21st right now so but he hasn't I, he hasn't played yet though so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we see him after today coming up and making a run for that top five spot this week for sure. It's going to be an interesting week out in Florida. They head to Texas next week for the match play. One of personally, one of my favorite events of the year. Um, and then we are kind of on the road to Augusta after that. So it's certainly a fun month coming up here on, on the green Mike and the whole squad will be back next week. Mike's in London. I think Sam is yeah. traveling Europe uh, as we know. So everybody's out on spring break. The three of us are, are hunkered down in our, our uh, our homes here <laughs> yeah. talking about golf wouldn't have it any other way appreciate sure. you guys uh have a fun episode we'll talk to you again next week for the match play for andrew galata and mike messina i'm chris hennessy and we'll talk to you then